Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships. I love the verse in Song of Solomon 2.15. So it's talking about catch all the foxes. So these little foxes Hmm. before they ruin the vineyard of love. And I think for a lot of us, we guard against the big things, um, infidelity, affairs, abuse, you know, whatever, the, the big things. I think we do a pretty good job of really guarding our marriages from those things. It, it's honestly the little things that really can, can trap us. Welcome to Family Life Today where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson. And you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. So one of the things that every marriage needs is a lot of joy. Joy, love, communication, Jesus. Here's one nobody <laughs> thinks of: rest. Oh, because you can get so busy. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about this. We have gotten so busy in our marriage that we don't rest. We don't play, and we talk about playing, but it's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Ah, uh, we need this. We need help in this area because we work hard and we're. We're struggling to find rest. And I think a lot of marriages find the same thing. You just become roommates. You sort of become like a business partnership. We've Mm -hmm. actually used those terms. And so today we got help for marriages that are in that place we've been in. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Ron Deal on his Family Life Blended podcast. He sat down with Greg Smalley, who's the executive director of marriage and family formation at Focus on the Family. And guess what they talked about? Rest. Rest in marriage. And it's a great conversation. So uh, here's Ron and Greg talking about a really important topic for your marriage. What are some of the things that pull couples apart, turn us into roommates? Yeah, we hear that a lot. We hear sort of this idea that, hey, I love you, committed to you, but man, I just feel like we're nothing more than married roommates. Mm. And actually, that's about what my wife Aaron said eight years into our marriage. Mm. And so I just had finished my doctorate. I just had my very first marriage book come out. Perfect the marriage timing, right? you always dreamed of. So, <laughs> so while that is just being released, my own wife just in tears just mm-hmm. says, yeah, this is far from the marriage I've always dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we're married roommates. We've drifted so far apart. I don't know you. I feel like I'm sleeping with a stranger. And of course, I'd love to say that I met that statement with just total compassion and empathy mm-hmm. and deep understanding. I defended myself. I rationalized. Mm-hmm. I gave every excuse, tried to reframe. And yet when I really was willing to hear her, I realized that that's exactly what had happened mm-hmm. is that we had just, we had drifted. And I think for a lot of couples, they go through that and then 
they try to do bigger things like, well, let's make sure we're doing date nights. Let's go on a vacation. Let's do a holiday. Let's do something big. And the problem is that a marriage can't survive from date night to date night or from vacation to vacation. I think that's what's going on for a lot of couples. They're hoping that they can make up for all the disconnect, mm-hmm. for all the busyness, and thus they try to live from vacation, holiday, date night to date night, holiday, and vacation. It just, a marriage can't survive off of that. Well, I definitely want us to talk a little bit more about some of the things that lead us into being roommates. You yeah. and Aaron have identified a number of things. But let me just pull back a second. I love that story and I appreciate that story. One of the things those of us that are in marriage and family ministry know is that our own families are not perfect. I've said so many times, you're always going to be working on your marriage because God is always using your marriage to work on you. And so as soon as you feel like we've arrived, well, then God, if you're humble enough to listen, he'll show you that next piece of you that you have to deal with. And and usually it comes out in a relationship environment. And so it's sort of like, but why can't we get it up? Well, because we're working at this and there's a discipling process <laughs> that's going on within right. it. And so it's easy to put up those walls and react. And what do you mean you're upset? What do you mean you're disappointed? You don't know my heart and my intentions. And next thing you know, the other person's feeling unheard and not listened right. to. And now things are getting worse, not better. If you, the listener right now are going, oh, I think that's us. Or there's some element in any of this that you can relate to, okay, good, you know, you're normal, and let's just keep talking about what this stuff is, yeah. put words on it. So you guys have identified some characteristics yeah. of roommate marriage situations. Right. Let's walk through a few of them. Tell us about them. Aaron and I kept hearing about people saying, yeah, we feel like married roommates. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Like, like this one couple might feel that way because they're just in a really busy season. Young, young kids are taking care of, you know, aging parents. You know, another couple may be in a lot of conflict and so they're not connecting. Maybe spiritually they have no mutual, mm. you know, spiritual relationship. Yeah. And so we, we started going, okay, so what would those main things be? So we just began to interview couples. We kind of generated a list and we probably researched with about a thousand couples just to better understand this. And by far, kind of the biggest one was exhausted. Really? Just yeah. like physically, emotionally yeah. tired? Yeah. So a lot going on. And I think, you know, by doing intensives, mm-hmm. you know, working with couples in crisis, we hear this a lot that they have nothing to give. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're going at such a, a rapid pace. So they keep pouring out and they don't know how to how to get full so that they have something to give. You know, as you're talking, I'm sitting here listening for the blended family couples that are hearing this. You get married and there's three, four, five, seven kids between yeah. the two of you. You got multiple households you're trying to coordinate with, former spouses, former mother-in-law, all kinds of stuff outside your home and inside your home. and Just draining the batteries. Exactly. You know, empty. so exhausted is a good word for... Yeah emotionally it takes a lot to just try to maintain and keep up and chase kids and do whatever. And this is true, I think, even if they're adult children. They may be halfway across the country, but you're still trying to figure out how do we stay in touch and connect. And maybe there's step-grandkids involved, and you're you're trying to figure out how do we bond with. So I think what I hear saying is that there may be different circumstances that create the exhaustion. But nevertheless, the exhaustion just means 
they can't quite connect with each other. Is that what you're right? Saying? So if we say empty, then we have nothing to give. And uh, if I have nothing yeah. to give, I'm not going to connect with you because mm. you become a threat. Mm. Oh, you're just going to want something. You're yeah. going to want more. You're going to yeah. want affection. You're going to want whatever it is. Mm. Versus really understanding that that if we're going to connect, it has to begin with this idea of what am I doing to make sure I'm staying full? And I can hear the young moms, you know, the step families with mm-hmm. so many kids rolling their eyes. You yeah. feel it yeah. going, sure. Yeah. Come over, watch my kids. And yeah. you know, I'll get, I'll get some rest or whatever. Right. Aaron and I really have tried to narrow it down to, okay. So if you identify with that going, yeah, I'm just in a really busy season where I end up exhausted, nothing to give. We just encourage people figure out what gives you rest and mm. what gives you life. Mm. And they're kind of the, the two sides of the same coin. What gives me rest probably isn't going to set my heart on fire. It's not going to bring me passion. But at the same time, what does just get me going and gives me life probably is not going to give me rest. Right. And so we encourage people really talk about that. Ask each other in this season of, of our life together, what would rest look like? Mm. What would life look like doing activities that really give you life? And so, for example, we live in Colorado. So we're right there in the base of Pikes Peak, and mm-hmm. I love to fish. Mm. So when I think about something that would give me life, it's all about fishing. Mm. So Aaron knows that. And so I'll go to her and say, hey, I'm going to take off a day of work. I'm just going to go by myself. I want to go up in the mountains. And she blesses that. Because she knows what it does. So I'll get up super early. I drive. I, you know, I, so I, I don't come back rested, but my goodness, man, getting a big old trout on the end of that line, oh, oh, just standing oh. in the middle of a river. Sounds good. And God's beauty. I mean, just there's something about it that so brings me alive. Mm. And then when I think about rest, for me as an introvert, <laughs> just, just unplugging from people and, and kind of being by myself. And sometimes it's just listening to some praise and worship music, but doing something like that just gives me real rest. And so it's, it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. It's going to be different based on the season. And so again, young parents are going, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, right. If we right? just get rid of our children, we <laughs> get a lot of rest. And you just have to figure that out. It, mm. It's, it's your job. To figure that out. I'm hearing you got to know yourself. You do. And you got to then prioritize some self-care. And isn't that a problem sometimes for people? Totally. Like, I know going fishing is really going to help, but no, I don't, you know, there's too much to do. It's just whatever. And so you end up not doing it. Right. And then you're empty. You have yeah. nothing to give. Yeah. So your family gets leftovers and no one wins mm. versus understanding that like the greatest commandment, love God, love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think as Christians, we often rewrite that verse to say, love God and love others before mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. ourselves. And God gave us two commandments there to love him and to love others. He's assuming that we are already doing the job of loving us, which means we're, we're doing what we need to, to get full of his love we're, we're allowing our hearts to be full so that we have then something that we can just keep giving and giving and giving. So my yeah. goal is not about selfishness. It's not this narcissistic, well, you know, I'm going to focus on me. It's focus on you to get full so you have something to give out. Mm-hmm. So it's really about giving, but from a place of abundance. And that's why when you figure out what gives you rest and what gives you life, that's a great way to balance to make sure that you have something to give. 
We've been listening to Ron Deal talking to Greg Smalley about finding rest in marriage, and I am so convicted right now. Are you? Yeah, because we can run pretty hard, and we've been running hard, and uh, it's a great reminder that God gave us a commandment to Sabbath, to rest, and it isn't just a legalistic law. It's does our body, and as we're learning today, does our marriage good? I think, too, as followers of Christ, we are so busy giving our lives away that when we hear somebody saying, hey, I need a me day, that does feel narcissistic and selfish, but we do need to learn how to fill up and what does fill us up. That's important. Yeah, and the thing about it, as Greg just said, is it makes us better for others. Mm-hmm. So we love God better. We love others better. We love our spouse better. We make our marriage better. And uh, there's more to learn about this. So let's go back to Ron and Greg and find out uh, how we can actually live this out. So what are some other characteristics of roommate relationships? Yeah, I think busyness, obviously, duh, mm. was a, was another big one. So you can you can be busy to the point of being exhausted, but you can just also just not taking care of yourself is going to lead to exhaustion. Mm-hmm. But busyness, we all have these seasons, and Aaron and I go through them. Yeah. You know, some seasons are much less busy than others, but for a lot of us, we're just running, yeah. and we have so much going on. And when we speak and we're talking about busyness, people automatically get super defensive. Mm -hmm. And so now they think that we're going to start going through some time management habits and look at your calendar. What can you jettison? And they they feel like their plates are overflowing with a lot of good things. We always tell them, relax. We're we're actually not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We're we're actually going to show you that. Let's look at your plate because we guarantee there's things that are happening already that you could take advantage of. So mm-hmm. we just tell people, just relax. We're mm-hmm. not going to add. We're, we're, we're just going to show you that you're doing things. For example, one of my favorite researchers, I know you respect this gentleman as well, John Gottman. Mm-hmm. So he's done some of yeah. the best research. He found something called a bid for connection. Mm-hmm. And as I've learned and really understood this, this has made a huge difference in my marriage. So mm-hmm. what, what he found is that throughout the day, we all of us constantly are, are turning toward our spouse. We're making some sort of bid for connection. For example, the other day, Aaron and I were just driving down the road. I'm driving. She's in the passenger seat. Approaching me is my very favorite vehicle. Like if I had huh. money, <laughs> if I could buy whatever I could, this is what I'd get. It was mm. a it was a Ford F-150 Raptor. Oh, wow. So Google that if you want to see an image. It's beautiful. <laughs> It'll bring great. tears to your eyes. <laughs> so it's, it's approaching. I can tell. Mm-hmm. And so I, I say to Aaron, oh, look, there's a Raptor. Now, she, in that moment, that was actually a bid for connection. Mm-hmm. I'm basically saying, hey, would you for a moment be interested in what I'm interested in? Join now, me in this celebration right. of what could be. Exactly, because <laughs> I can tell you on no level does my wife care at all about vehicles, <laughs> much less Raptors. I mean, she's like, she's just buy thinking, me something and give me the keys and I'll drive it. She's there in Raptor. Like, that's dangerous, right? Right. A dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. Run away. You don't yeah. want to go towards she, that. She knows, because I've said it a million times, she knows what it is, but she mm. can, she's, that's not her thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's my thing. And so in that moment, she had a couple choices. She mm. could turn away mm. and basically ignore me, keep texting on her cell phone or scrolling through, you know, Facebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she could turn away 
and ignore me. She could turn against me and actually say something snarky like, come on, we're, we're in ministry. As <laughs> if we could ever afford an expensive vehicle like that. Give it up. Come on. You're being ridiculous. So she could have turned against me or she could turn towards that connection, which is what she did. Just simply she went, ooh. She goes, oh, the red one? I was like, yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's cool. She's like, why? I know you love those. Why do you like that so much? Oh, man, it's so fast. And it has zero to 60 in like six seconds. <laughs> and we literally had maybe a 10 to 15 second connection. But it was a connection. Right. It was a micro connection. Right. Those are the things that are happening constantly throughout the day. Oftentimes we ignore it or we turn against it versus really turning towards Aaron loves to her her idea of a Ford Raptor is bargain shopping. Like that's her Raptor. <laughs> that's okay? her Raptor. Now, on no level do I have any interest in I hate to shop. I go one time to the Dillard's, you know, New Year Day sale. I get a couple of things I'm good for the year. <laughs> But Erin loves the bargain shop. Mm. And so she'll come home. She'll walk in the door with her bags. She'll set them down. She comes up to me and she'll hold up an item and she'll say, guess how much this originally was. <laughs> now, it's, it's like we're playing the price is right all of a sudden. Now I've learned that, that I've got to guess high. Like she doesn't <laughs> care. So I'm like, I don't know, like 150 bucks. You know, not even close. $200. I'm like, whoa. Again, could care less, but I'm turning toward, toward her. She's making a bid. Mm -hmm. And she'll, she'll say, guess what I paid? And I know if it's like under $10, it's a real exciting <laughs> right. bargain. So I'm like, I don't know, like $9.99. Not even close. Eight dollars. I'm like, not even close. What? And that's when you say, honey, you're amazing. Exactly. It was how the stewardship you're displaying uh, for our finances is amazing. The point is, again, I have no mm -hmm. interest in clothing, mm -hmm. but she was making a bid. Yeah. I can turn towards that. And that's one of those things in a busy, busy season. You may not have the capacity to add, let's do a date night. Let's mm. go on a vacation. But you can really notice these little tiny bits and they can be anything. Um, a, a phone call going, you got to hear what happened to me. I can choose. I can say, Hey, I'm writing a little something, you know, I don't have time or Hey, let me call you back and five, whatever. But I can turn towards that. And the more that we do that, those little micro connections, they, they add up. Wow. And so for that busy person, relax, hmm. they're already happening. Just do your best to turn toward those. Take advantage of the 10 seconds and just watch how those those will add up. I imagine somebody's listening right now and they're feeling what I'm feeling. And that is. Do you want a Ford Raptor? I know. No. I know. Oh, guilt. Oh, guilt. I'm feeling guilt. That's because worse. as I'm listening to you talk. <laughs> yeah, that is love. As you're listening to you talk, I'm feeling, you know what? I missed a bid just this week and I got a lot on my mind. And I got this and line that and they line up with this and it and my I'm so focused there that I missed a bid. And it's like, wow, what do I do now? Yeah. Here's the good news. You will have dozens mm -hmm. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You will have more the next day. Mm -hmm. It's see the fact that you notice that you missed a bid, mm -hmm. I, I think is the the true battle is noticing them, seeing them for what they are. There will be plenty of times that we even know it and don't respond. Yeah. Okay, so how about the next one? How about the next one? 
so I would just say to someone, don't be discouraged. Mm. Be glad I noticed it. Okay, I didn't take advantage of it. And now okay, I can so tune in a little bit better next time. Because there, there'll be hundreds coming you know, your way. Yeah. You know, it might even be that I could go back to my wife and say, Good. hey, you, I realized I missed something there, that, that you were leaning toward me. That's and I was so powerful. focused, I didn't catch it. Totally. Maybe that in and of itself, an apology in effect would be a bid, would be responding to totally. it, at least moving toward her in a well, way. Well, it's another bid because basically you're apologizing. So now yeah. she would have the opportunity to respond, turn towards that and mm-hmm. receive that. I mean, whatever. Good. But it's just, they happen all the time. My job is to really notice and look for it. Aaron and I have even gotten to the point to where we'll call it out. Hey, that's a bid. Uh. <laughs> a bid right now. And we'll just make it a, a fun thing. But we've, I think we've grown to the point where we really notice those and thus we're going to turn towards them. Mm. It just, they're micro. And, nice. and that's the nice part. We're not talking about, hey, have an hour conversation. You know, doing a little self care, I can imagine somebody kind of playfully tossing it the other way. Hey, did you notice I just made a bid? You know, sort of making it overt. Yeah, I'm inviting you to join me in this discussion about shopping or raptures or whatever it might be. Again, the playfulness in that is a connection. But I don't want our listener to miss what you're saying. The big picture you're saying here is people who are busy and exhausted feel like, no, this is not a you got to add something to your life. This is a just notice, tune in, turn toward, and let that be something that energizes your relationship. Because a marriage can survive between bits because mm-hmm. they're going to happen so much mm-hmm. so we may not be able to add in the big stuff but man again those little foxes yeah on the the flip side the good news is the bids will happen constantly and we can take advantage of those and that's how we can stay connected when we're busy We've been listening to Ron Deal and Dr. Greg Smalley and their conversation from the Family Life Blended podcast talking about rest and even knowing how to do that as a couple. Does this mean, as I've been listening, does this mean that I need to learn to play golf? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, you do. When I throw out the bid to you, hey, you want to go ride on the cart with me as I play golf? You go. And your bid to me often is, I'm going to go for a walk. You want to go? Yeah. Because you love to walk and you want me to go walk with you. I'd rather run, mm-hmm. but I walk with you and what do we do? We talk. We and do. And it makes our marriage better. But I think this discussion is really helpful and it keeps us from being lazy and it helps us to pursue one another. And we need to listen for the bids mm. and take time to rest. And if rest looks like play... Whatever it looks like for you that gives you energy back, do it in your marriage. Your marriage will be better for it. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson, along with Bob Lapine and their team, for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. 
We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you would like to purchase a CD of today's program, email us at radio at powertochange.org.au or go to the podcast section of our website, families.powertochange.org.au, where you'll find lots of information, news and resources. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.